Well, the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. Good morning, Sunday morning. The, uh, the, 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 we have a response. One being stationed at bases, breathing in toxic smoke from burn pits. Many of you have been there. We know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. That We need two political parties in this country that are both living in reality, and you ain't one of them. My definition of courage would be to be true to yourself and to be true to who you are and then to pay that forward to work towards the common good. They're afraid. Anti-vax, they're afraid. They're protesting mandates and passports. They're afraid. They're making a personal choice. They're afraid. A friend in need is a friend indeed. Fewer. Not more. Fewer. And they struggle for us to be free from the psycho in this human family. The idea that the Democrats or the Biden is hiding people and sucking the blood of children. My son Hunter is the smartest guy I know. Friends, we're facing more threats than ever before. When our leaders warn of global food shortages, including here in the U.S., it's time to act. Go to preparewiththinkaboutit.com and get your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply while you can. We don't know when more empty store shelves may hit, so now is the best time to act. My Patriot Supply is by far the number one preparedness company to rely on, with millions of satisfied customers this past year. Act quickly and save $150 on a vital three-month emergency food kit. This kit provides breakfast, lunches, dinner, drinks, and snacks, totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Every family in America should have at least one three-month supply of food per person. Now you can. Go to preparewiththinkaboutit.com and save $150 on your three-month food kit. That's preparewiththinkaboutit.com. Your order ships quickly and arrives in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Don't wait any longer. Go to preparewiththinkaboutit.com. Hi, Steve here. The New York Times published an op-ed Friday that proposes eliminating belief in God as one of the holiest weekends of the year started. The title was, In This Time of War, I Propose We Give Up God. 
Give up God? <laughs> what exactly does that mean? It means not only that you want nothing to do with God, but that you want everyone to join you in your despising of God. The article claims that God is responsible for war and violence and for oppression and suffering and suggests that people stop teaching children about him. The author, Shalom Auslander, who is disillusioned about his upbringing in a religious Jewish community in New York, argues, God, it seems, paints with a wide brush. He paints with a roller. In Egypt, our rabbi said, he even killed firstborn cattle. He killed cows. If he were mortal, the God of Jews, Christians, and Muslims would be dragged to the Hague. And yet we praise him. We emulate him. We implore our children to be like him. Perhaps now, as missiles rain down and the dead are discovered in mass graves, it's a good time to stop emulating this hateful God. Perhaps we can stop extolling his brutality. Perhaps now is a good time to teach our children to pass over God, to be as unlike him as possible. Killing God is an idea I can get behind, he said. Nothing has really changed from the beginning. Men commit evil on every level and then blame God. I won't even begin to stoop to his level of idiocracy, but I will say that there are so many examples, even in the New Testament, in Acts of the early church of just how wicked men and especially religious leaders really are. Jesus explained it best to us. If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. Remember the word I spoke to you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name, because they don't know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have no excuse for their sin. The one who hates me also hates my father. If I had not done the works among them that no one else has done, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But this happened so that the statement written in their law might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. In chapter 3 of Acts, it says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple for the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon, a man who was lame from birth was carried there. He was placed each day at the temple called the Beautiful Gate so that he could beg from those people entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John just about to go into the temple, he said, uh, may I get some money from you? He asked for money. Peter, along with John, looked straight at him and said, look at us. So he turned to them expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up, and at once his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up and started to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple. So they were filled with awe and astonishment. In chapter 4, we learned that this man, who was lame from birth, was over 40 years old. So this was a real miracle. 
So when the people were all running to Peter and John, Peter took advantage of this opportunity since he had their attention, and he started to preach to them. He told them, God raised up his servant Jesus and sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your evil ways. While they were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple police, and the Sadducees confronted them because they were annoyed that they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. So they seized them and took them into custody until the next day, since it was already evening. That Many of those who heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000 people. The next day, their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and all the members of the high priestly family. After they had Peter and John stand before them, they began to question them. By what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. In the next verses, it says that the religious leaders saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they realized they had no formal education in spiritual things, but they recognized that they had been with Jesus. And since they saw this lame man who'd been healed standing with them, there's nothing they can say. So they ordered them out of the Sanhedrin and said, what should we do with these guys? For it's obvious that the man was healed. You can't deny it, but so that it doesn't go any further among the people. Let's threaten them and tell them not to speak to anyone in this name anymore. So they called them back in and ordered them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus anymore. This is what religious leaders still say. And this is the answer of those who are filled with the Holy Spirit and really know God. This is what they answer back. Peter and John said, whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than God, you decide. For we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. Now, in the next chapter, we see the apostles again getting in trouble because they just didn't listen. It says many signs and wonders were being done among the people through the hands of the apostles. Believers in Jesus were added in increasing numbers. They would carry the sick out into the streets and lay them on cots and mats so that if Peter walked by, that maybe his shadow might even fall on some of them. And they were healed. They were bringing the sick and those who were tormented by unclean spirits or demons, and they were all healed, all of them. Well, the religious leaders didn't like that at all. The high priest rose up and everyone with him who belonged to the party of the Sadducees, they were filled with jealousy. They knew they were no match for the real men of God filled with the Holy Spirit in them. So they arrested them. And an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail during the night and brought them out and told them, go stand in the temple and tell the people all about this life. So that's what they did first thing in the morning. So that same morning, the religious leaders sent men to go get them out of the jail, but they weren't in the jail. 
Someone came and reported to them that they saw them in the temple preaching and teaching the people again. So they went and they brought them without force because they were afraid of what the people might do to them if they publicly tried to punish the apostles. Then once again, they said, didn't we strictly order you not to teach in this name? Look, you filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than people. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you have murdered by hanging on a tree. God exalted this man to his right hand as ruler and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Did you get that? They are witnesses because of the Holy Spirit whom God had given them because they obey him. They made it clear that the religious leaders were not obeying him. When Stephen gave his sermon to the people before they stoned him in chapter 7, he said, You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you're always resisting the Holy Spirit as your ancestors did. You do also. When they heard these things, they were enraged and gnashed their teeth at him. They lost it. People that are lost many times don't like it when you tell the truth because their hearts are so hardened. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, unless you turn and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The apostle Paul said, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. That's what the Bible says. If you don't have a personal relationship with the living God, Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Yeshua, and you'd like to, there's a link in the description box below that I leave there. It's a simple prayer. If you click on that link, it'll take you to that page with that prayer. If you don't know how to pray, you need Jesus Christ. He is the only way to eternal life. If you'd like to know him, go down there and click on that link and pray that simple prayer. And if you mean it in your heart, if you are sincere and you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Think about it.